You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. I'm your host, Mark King, and this is the draft reaction show from last week. The Grizzlies go out and get their guy in John Morant. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Brandon Clark trade. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies also signing John Conchar for Purdue-Fort Wayne. We're going to get all the reaction to all these things that happened that happened last week with the Grizzlies draft. It's going to be an exciting show. Tomorrow, we're going to have Jeff Siegel on from Early Bird Rights. He's going to come on the show. He's going to tell us about the Grizzlies cap situation, um, what they might have to spend. This obviously depends a lot on Jonas Valanciunas and DeLon Wright. He's also going to try to explain the trade, traded player exception a little bit more and how the Grizzlies can use that to their advantage. So that will happen tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that as well. If you've not already, please go subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies wherever you get all your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure you subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies so you don't miss a show. Also, if you have Apple iTunes, please go rate and review the show over there. It really helps our rankings and it helps the show. So go do that if you have a minute as well. Let's get into it. The Grizzlies go get their guy. John Morant, uh, Zach Kleiman said after the uh, night was over that there was, they, they had basically turned everybody down uh, for the uh, traded. I guess there were some rumors about trading John Morant. They said they shut down all the calls of trading John Morant. Again, uh, they probably took calls, which is probably weird. He probably he probably phrased it different, but they probably took calls. They probably just had nothing that, that out there that really warranted them, uh, you know, trying to trade that number two pick away, uh, which I, I like to see. I mean, if you know, there's only a few instances where you're going to be able to have the opportunity to draft a superstar. And if that's what you think John Morant is, if you think John Morant is a superstar, then you 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 turn everybody down and you just you draft him and you have him on your roster for a really long time. If you think John Morant is the building block to the future with Jaron Jackson Jr., then that is what you do. Uh, so it's great to be able to see those guys, um, you know, if they have a conviction about a player in John Morant, they turn people down. They do what they're supposed to do, and they go out and get um, they go out and get their guy. They go out and get John Morant, who they think is going to be the future of the Grizzlies franchise, especially now that Mike Conley is gone. And now this now that Mike Conley is going to Utah, this is a situation where John Morant can come in and really be the de facto starter right away. Uh, you don't have to wait on a year or or two of Mike Conley to kind of move out of the way. You can see what you have in John Morant right, right away. So. I think that was even more important why why they moved on from Mike Conley and then they were able to get John Morant that you can go ahead and start this rebuild right away. They've been in this weird transition of the last two years where they were trying to stay relevant, but they couldn't really, even though they were still really bad. They tanked two years ago. They got Jaron Jackson Jr. But this is the time now. This is the, the offseason. This is the season where it is going to be a full, I think, a full rebuild um, and I think they are embracing that. Obviously, trade away Mike Conley is, has a big uh, factor in that, but they are embracing that, and they are saying this is what we are. We're going to be a we're going to be a rebuilding team. We're going to be a bad team, and that's okay. And there should be no expectations going into this uh, off season between 
John Morant, uh, between Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, any of the people, any of the, the guys out there playing, no expectations. They're probably going to lose a, a lot of games. They're probably going to look really fun doing it. There's going to be some nights where Ja goes off. There's going to be nights where Jaron goes off. And so it's going to be really, really fun watching them. They might lose a lot, but that's okay because you know the end goal, the end result will hopefully be a better team down the line. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about Brandon Clark what the Grizzlies did to go out and get him, as well as John Contra, the other player they signed draft night last Thursday. Welcome back to the show. The Grizzlies, like I mentioned, also went out and got Brandon Clark uh, with the 21st pick in the NBA draft. Now, they traded with Oklahoma City Thunder to go up and get Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is a player who on a lot of mock drafts had him like top five, top ten. Um, so as someone falls in the draft, that always makes me wary of why that person is falling. You saw that with Bull Bull. He fall he fell all the way to I believe 44. So as these guys start to fall, for me, it always makes me a little wary of why they're falling. But I think by and large, this is a guy that I think some people just soured on because of his height. He's a six eight guy with only a six eight weak spin, He's got some short arms. Uh, but Brennan Clark is an excellent defender, can switch pretty much anything, uh, really, really athletic, big. He, he is basically, if you throw something up there, he's going to he's gonna go up and get it and dunk it. Um, finished really, really, really good around the rim. Uh, I believe it was 77% uh, inside the arc, uh, around the rim um, for Brennan Clark, and I think is only second to Zion Williamson, and is only second by a lot, like, I think, like, Brandon Clark and Zion, but the only guys have done that in a long, long time. I think Zion's only done that. I think might be the first player to ever do that. So I think Zion was around 79%. So that gives you an idea of how how good he is inside the arc. Does not have an offensive game outside of outside of 15 feet or so. Uh, really, really struggles to shoot the ball. So he's going to have to try to either develop that. Uh, but is it is is an athletic big who can defend. You defend the pick and roll, uh, finish around the rim, uh, really good defensively. I think there was a stat I saw that he had more blocked shots than missed shots this year uh, at Gonzaga, which is really just kind of insane if you think about it. So uh, he is a guy, again, the Grizzlies had him clearly on their draft board and then went up and went and got Brandon Clark. They had the 23rd pick from the trade in, in Utah. So not only is this paying this Utah trade paying dividends right away you get Grayson Allen who is a potential project potential uh potential shooter in the mix there and also have a guy like Brandon Clark that you're if he's falling you're able to go up and get and the opportunity cost of Brandon Clark is one future 2024 second round pick one that was all it took to get Brandon Clark that was all it took to get with a lot of people having Brandon Clark top 10 in their mock drafts that's all it took to go up and get a guy who could potentially be a, a starter uh, slash role player off the bench. I mean, that's the type of player that he might be in the NBA. That's all it took. This year, the Grizzlies gave away two second-round picks in that Justin Holiday's trade, and I was just I, w- I was in a fit of rage this year. I complained about it. I, set, I, I, I would not let it go. I would not let the idea of two second-round picks go trading Justin Holiday. I bitched about it. I moaned about it. And everybody told me that I was making it too big, too much of a big deal about second round picks, that they don't matter. 
And I told everyone then and I'll tell everyone now, they matter. Second round picks, whether you like them or not, are a form of currency in this NBA. They are an asset that you can't just give away willy-nilly like they did in the Justin Holiday trade and give away two second round picks. It just doesn't work like that. The opportunity cost of getting someone like Brandon Clark, again, who may or may not be an NBA player. Let's just be very, very fair about that. But the opportunity cost of getting somebody you really, really wanted was one second round pick. One. That's all it took. And everybody told me earlier this year that it wasn't, that it wasn't a big deal and it, it, second round picks didn't matter. And that's just not true. And you saw that on draft night with the Grizzlies. They had a conviction about Brandon Clark. They clearly wanted him. They clearly they thought he fit not only what they're trying to do, he fit alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, he can literally go up and get anything John Morant throws around him and dunk it and, and, and rebound the ball really well. So this is a guy they felt strongly about, and if the opportunity cost to go get him is only a 2024 20, second rounder, a future second round pick, and I think they already have another second round pick in that draft as well, that's the opportunity cost of getting Brandon Clark, then you go do that deal. And again, this is a guy who's picked 21st in the draft. Is is he going to come in and be a starter right away? I don't think so. I mean, these 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 draft picks from 18 to 30 are largely uh, gambles. I mean, those guys, you've seen it time and time again where if it's the Grizzlies, I mean, there yes, there are players that are picked in the 20s and the 40s, like Marcus Gasol is one of them, that become very, very, very good NBA players, but doesn't have an, it happens every year, but probably only one or two. And so you only, you want to be that one or two, uh, obviously that can get a player like that, but there are far more uh, players out there in that 18 to 32 range, something like that in the draft that become productive role players. And that is kind of your goal in that area is for your, that, that draft pick to become productive role players that come off the bench and are good for you and are consistent for you. That's really what you want in that range. Anything above that is gravy. If you can get a productive role player in that range of picks, I think you can call that a win for the draft. Anything above that is is just amazing. And so Brandon Clark, that's what you hope he, he can be. He can be someone that can come off the bench or maybe a starting center in this league and definitely someone that can come off the bench and play productive backup big minutes for this team. So that is what you hope for. That's what you hope for, for Brennan Clark and the Grizzlies had, again, they had conviction about a player. They went up and got it. Uh, this front office has done really, really well, uh, obviously getting John Morant, but that's obviously, that's a lot of luck there. Uh, you get the number two pick, you kind of know who you're taking. Uh, you get the number one pick, you know, your second sign, you get the number two pick, you get the number three pick. Those are largely already just kind of there for you already. They just did exactly what everybody else would have done, which is, which is right. And, and is great. But, and we've seen this front office in previous years do the exact opposite of what everybody thought they should do. So that is a, a breath of fresh air in and of itself. But they also, they also go out, go out and do things like the, the Mike Conley traded. If you missed all the reaction on that, that was an episode last week, uh, last Thursday, the Mike Conley trade stuff. So go check that out. A breakdown of all the trade, what's good about it and, and what's, how it benefits the Grizzlies. But they, they do all these small deals. And that's really what makes a front office separates front offices from others as they're doing all these small things like this, uh, you know, right moving up two you know, moving up two spots. Doesn't sound like a lot. 
But if you move up two spots and Brennan Clark, some, some is a guy that some people or a lot of teams passed on because of his, he has short arms or whatever their reason is. And he turns out to be a serious player for you. And the opportunity cost that it, the only thing that costs you is one second round pick. Then that, that is a small move, but it, it just, it is could impact your franchise in big, big ways down the line. So that those, those things for this front office, by and large, have been fantastic so far. And everything that we've had to judge them on, everything that we've been able to judge them on, all the moves they've made so far in the past 10 days uh, have been good and have been fantastic in my perspective. Um, as far as Brendan, does, does Brendan Clark affect Jonas Valanciunas? I've got this question quite a bit. I don't think so. I don't think it affects uh, Jonas signing right away. Uh, you, you do need a third big, so I don't know if that's something that it will affect it. I don't know if they have like directly related to each other. I do think you should limit what you give to Jonas Valanciunas. I don't think there should be a fourth year in this in the in this contract. I don't think you should go higher than eleven million. I know I said twelve million last week. I don't even know if you should go higher than ten million or eleven million. Um, you know, you have someone a lot of a lot of centers, and we'll get to this in a in a free agency trade here in a few days, or free agency episode here in a few days. We'll talk all about it. But you have other centers, Brooke Lopez opting out, Vucevic getting he's gonna get around 1920. Brooke Lopez is only gonna get around somewhere 12 to 13. So would you have somewhere would you have where to have someone like Brooke Lopez who shots who shoots the ball from the outside way better and uh, he just shoots it out from outside, period, but also shoots it way better Jonas. Would you rather have him somewhere around 12 to 13? Or would you rather have Jonas Valanciunas? So there's a lot of factors that have gone into Jonas's um into Jonas opting out now that I think are more uh, that affect them more so than Brendan Clark. So again, we'll get into all that later this week. Let's take another quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about this last part of the NBA draft with John Conchar, and we will wrap up with him, uh, their latest two-way signing from the Grizzlies coming, coming up after the break. Welcome back to the show. The Grizzlies also did some more piece of business right after the draft ended. They signed John Conchar from Purdue, Fort Wayne, a four-year guy. He will take over Julian Washburn's two-way contract. Um, and so basically the two-way contracts are, are one-year deals and they can, they can actually be a one-year deal with an option. And so Yuta Wadamati's two-way contract had an option on it. I'm almost I'm almost certain that Julian Washburn's did not. So he was just basically out of contract. So um, John Contra will will directly or, or take over that two-way spot for from Julian. So it'll be John Contra and Yuta on the two-way contracts for the Grizzlies next year. And this is another piece of thing, another piece of business that is is sneaky good because you're doing something that you're supposed to do with a two-way contract. Last year, we we saw them use this two-way contract signing someone like DJ Steffens and I love DJ. Uh, he's a tiger. He's fun to watch, but he's not an NBA player. He's like 28 years old. At this point, you are what you are as a talent, as a NBA, as a player in basketball. You're either an overseas player, which is is fantastic to be. It's not like that's some negative thing, but you're not an NBA player, and you still so many times they're using this two way contract to do so many different things besides what it is designed to do. Technically, the two way contract you cannot be. You're going to have more than three years of service in the NBA to be, to be even eligible for a two-way contract. This is a product, this is a contract that it is used to develop young talent. It is, it is a tool to find young talent, develop them, and put them in a spot where you can get young 
talented basketball players for cheap. That it is what is designed to do. And that is the signing from for John Contra is exactly what it is designed to do. It is to take a guy who went undrafted, put him on your two-way contract, and in a spot where a team may or may not have uh may or not be very good this year, you can put him on the, the main roster and you can see what happens. John Contra, again, I'm not gonna act like I know a lot about this kid, because I don't. Just from other things that I've read though, it can shoot the ball. That that is his big thing. Is he's a really really good shooter. He shot above forty percent from the last from two of his four seasons in college. Last year he shot thirty eight percent from three. So he's a very very good shooter. Beyond that, I don't know a lot, a lot about him. We'll probably try to find somebody that knows a lot more about him than I do. Get him on the show and learn more about John Contra. But that is that to me is great. But the biggest part part about it is seeing the front office again. Utilize this contract, utilize this spot in the way it was intended to be utilized. That is the main takeaway from having someone like John Contra undrafted, putting him on your two-way contract, and you just see what shakes out. You use that 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 spot, put him in the put him in some games. Um, if you you know, yes, if teams are using that spot for maybe having someone get hurt, but that that's all great and fine. But you can use that spot to develop players. And also, if you have so many injuries, you can call those guys up, and that's when you start giving them shots. That is what this contract is designed for. It's not designed to, to sign DJ Stephens, a 28-year-old guy who's never been anything in the NBA, has never made any, anything of his of his opportunities, and he's just, he's just not an NBA player. And that's unfortunate because I love DJ. I think he's great. But sometimes it just doesn't work out. So this is the opportunity for John Contra to be able to develop into a competent NBA player. And hopefully that's what they continue to utilize. So uh, all things that we've seen from this front office have been fantastic. All the things that we were able to judge them on have been fantastic. As we said in the previous episodes when, they, when the, the change happened, that we would wait and see because we just, just know nothing to go on. We have no idea. Um, and so far, so good. Uh, they have done everything extremely well. The coaching hire, it seems good. Uh, and we, you know, we have to actually start playing games to really uh, get the read on that. But it seems good. It seems competent. So, congrats, you know, like congrats to the to to the Grizzlies because for the law, first time in a very very long time, it feels like uh, there are reasons behind the moves. There there are dots you can connect from move to move. From you know in the inside the draft between the Mike Conley trade for the first time in a long time we're not the people we're not the Phoenix Suns fans going what are they doing what is going on in this front office and it seems like there are more answers than questions out, out of a lot of these moves and that is what you want from your front office so kudos to them they have had a lot of great reviews from a lot of different people uh, across the national perspective giving them A's A pluses so everybody seems to think they did really really well in this draft and able to get Brandon Clark, John Moran again, also signed John Contra from Purdue Fort Wayne into a two way contract. So make sure you stay tuned to locked on Grizzlies. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to have Jeff Siegel from early bird rights. He's going to talk to us about this to this traded player exception. I know I explained it a lot last week. He's going to do a little more in depth on how they can use that and probably use that to their, their advantage. What kind of cat space they have, all that kind of stuff. We're going to get into with Jeff Siegel from early bird rights tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to locked on Grizzlies, wherever you subscribe to podcasts from. So you don't, don't miss an episode, or you can just go to LockdownGrizzlies.com. They're all right there.